It's funny that I can see you guys and you can't see me. Like, I think that's, that's maybe my favorite part about all of this. Yeah. I, I can see both of you looking at yourselves. Like, I can see both of you looking at your I'm pictures. staring straight into Matt's eyes, as I, I always do. Oh, that's all you ever do, babe. That's it's, how we have most of our conversations, yeah. if, if at all possible. Oh, we yeah. tend not to even talk. We're just... Right. <laughs> it's mostly nonverbal, yeah. which is... I mean, because of the pandemic, we, we've had to have more Zoom conversations. It's true. But generally, we just bask in each other's, we bask in each other's presence. That's, that's generally how we converse. Here she comes. Welcome to We Both Podcast Together, The Hazards of Loving the Decemberists. I am Matt Esner. And I am Pete Wissinger. And we are joined once again. People were demanding. Like It was true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> the fans were writing in. Yes. Uh, but Kaylin Wissinger is back with us. What up? Hello, Kaylin. Hi. Kaylin, how does it feel that you're the only female guest we've ever had on this show? Well, I think your show is incredibly sexist, so you should probably work on that. Oh! I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> Kaylin, will you be my girl? Mm. Uh, boo. God. <laughs> boo. Get out. Go... Go into a closet downstairs. I don't downstairs. even want to record this episode anymore. Yeah, like, I don't just, blame you. I'm kind uh, of, I'm kind of out too. I think I'm really bummed. I'm really bummed out. Kaylin, how have you been since we last recorded with you? Pete, I see you in almost only you every fucking day. <laughs> you know exactly how I am. <laughs> She's just a peach, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, no, fine, fine. Just working a lot. You know. Kaylin, be straight with us. How many episodes of this show have you listened to? I, okay, I actually, the I'm really behind on all of my podcasts. Um, and I don't mean for that to sound like an excuse, but I guess it kind of is. I'm pulling up the queue. Um, the latest one, okay, so the last one I listened to was Picaresque. I have not listened to Picaresquities and beyond. So that's you listened to our episode. Then. Well, yeah, I listened to the one that I was on and it was very funny and enjoyable because we are three funny and enjoyable people. So, you know, this makes sense. This works. So I you think. didn't you didn't hear the episode where we all talked about how much we love King is Dead and think it's the best December album. Um, I heard that that went a little differently than what you're saying. Um but I, I have not listened to that yet. You know, no. man, I might say this about The King is Dead. It was their last consistent album. Didn't you guys already do a whole episode about it, though? Like, why are you talking about it now? Well, because now we've listened to their other full-length studio albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now that we've we've heard the length and breadth of, of their catalog, it's... Of what is there. Kaylin, I'm glad you're here, because this episode kind of feels like an event for me. Why? Because this is the, la- the latest... F- studio album from the band so yeah, we're, we're almost mm. caught up at this point this is the penultimate episode of like band content what if they drop a surprise album just shadow style, drop an album in the style of taylor swift or beyonce what if they do that like tonight how wow. crazy that would, would be, that be then be matt and i are going to do a, a live listen through yeah Ooh, it'd God, be a boon would... for the we both podcast together community <laughs> yeah, it really would speaking of the community matt since i posted it on the reddit how have the how have the listens been have we been getting some uptick yeah yeah people are listening to the show for better yeah. or for worse <laughs> so let's talk about i'll be your girl oh Why? now you want to talk about the music <laughs> okay <laughs> 
are we caught up? Do we have do we have any are there any returning guest questions that we have, Pete? Um well I was gonna ask her what her favorite episode of the show is, but she doesn't fucking listen to it. <laughs> I do. I'm so. I'm behind on all of my podcasts. Caleb, what, what's what's the best podcast you've listened to recently? Oh, that's um, a great question. I love Ologies. Matt, do you listen to Ologies? No, I haven't heard that one. What oh, is it? Oh my god, it's so good. Okay, so this woman named Allie Ward uh, runs it, and she every episode interviews a different ologist of some kind, and her whole tagline is like "Ask smart people stupid questions." And yeah, that's she, a great it is, and she's like just so funny and charming and like it is even if it's like about a subject that i care zero percent about every episode i just am totally lost in it's so good um i listened to one all about moss like literally it was like an hour and a half about moss how it grows why it grows the way it grows um you know like its place in time and literature and it was delightful I was gardening. I loved it. Hmm. And Pete came outside and said, what are you listening to? And I said, a podcast about moss. And I don't think he believed me. And then he heard the ologist that was a guest say something about moss. And he was like, wow, you really are listening to a podcast about moss. It was, it was good. So let's talk I'll Be Your Girl. Really? I guess. <laughs> so I'll Be Your Girl is the most recent studio album from the Decemberists once again on Capitol Records and released. We've never talked about this, but they also have a label for their European releases that they've been using, I think, since before they signed up for Capitol, which is Rough Trade. Mm. They're also working with a new producer on this album, which I would say you can maybe tell when you listen to it that this album was made with a different producer. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would Part, say parts so. Parts of it, yeah. Maybe not every song, but like I would say the first half of the album probably. So they've been working with Tucker Martin as a producer ever since Crane Wife. Um, but now they worked with this one, a uh, producer named John Congleton, who is apparently a Grammy Award-winning producer, engineer, mixer, and writer. Uh, so he previously worked, uh, he won his Grammy for working with St. Vincent on her self-titled album. It's a good album. He also wrote music for various TV projects like MTV's Jackass and for Friday Night Lights. And Matt, you'll appreciate this. He produced several Halloween sound effects CDs. Okay, so I saw that too on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's 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 find you a delve deep. For this that. is where Matt decides to delve deep. I was like, mm, let's see if there's anything to back it up. And I could not find anything about that because I would definitely be like That's just something he it. uses to like massage his resume. Well, so, this is not so, Matt. This deep dive is not as extensive as your sea shanty deep dive. No, because there's nothing. There's no way to. There's nowhere to go. Like they <laughs> don't source end. it, and there, there's one link to like a Fangoria article, but that article doesn't. It's not like on on the website anymore. <laughs> so, Matt, so. if this man actually produced a Halloween CD, we would be talking about that for this episode. Absolutely, right? yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hey, that's fair. That's totally fair. Any, anyway, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the album. Okay, we're here to oh, talk about. Whoa, an album. whoa! Surprise! Yeah, go. So, "I'll Be Your Girl" was released in 2018. What day? Um, it was. Oh gosh, March was, 16th. I was going to say March 18th, but I just looked it up, so wow. I already forgot. Um, good job. The album is called "I'll Be Your Girl," which is uh, the title of one of the tracks. And I was just thinking, they don't do a lot of albums with track titles as album titles um i can think of only two other times they've done this crane wife um, 
Crane Wife and Hazards. Yeah. This is this is Colin Malloy's Trump era album. Boy is it. It is it is very much a reaction to I think how people in Portland felt in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much like woe is us. <laughs> the world is shitty. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's it's taking it with a heavy slice of irony. Is it though? I, I don't think it okay. is. Matt and I might actually fight about this album. I think like I think it's very sincere. I don't think I mean like I know that they're like the Decembers is a band, they're very silly, but sometimes, but I agree. I think that this is a pretty I don't think that they're like joking, you know. I think they're taking themselves no. pretty seriously here. Well, okay, so so I think that one of the big things that everyone's going to notice on this album is that this album, they seem to be trying really hard to stretch their sound. Um, that they are experimenting with like synthesizers for the first time as a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was very clear with their, you know, because you guys remember what the the first single released was for this? Uh, I think it was Severed. Was it Severed? It was Severed. Yeah. Which I had no idea what to think about that song when it came out. I kind of liked it. I liked it. It was a complete departure, but I mean, it. I feel like because didn't "I'll Be Your Girl" come out kind of around the same time as um, uh, the Arcade Fire album that was really synthy too? Like, well, I was gonna say that I feel like every indie rock band has a synth album. They went synth. Like, I feel like it all happened around the same time. I don't know if they talked about it ahead of time or if it just happened. <laughs> but like, I think they were it, behind the trend on it. Well. Chill wave and synth wave and like vapor wave, like all that, like sort of started coming to a head like around this time. But I think you know, I mean, it's been around since the I guess the eighties, obviously. But like, it wasn't called synth wave or chill no. wave or whatever, it was, or vapor wave. It was it was just called like new wave or just electronica or something. I don't know about you guys. To me, the synthy production of this album it seems very to me like retro psychedelic, mm-hmm. almost. Like, you know, you think like that, like uh, new wave kind of stuff. But to me, it almost feels like 60s psychedelic. Hmm. Now, that might be the album art, which reminds me very much of like Yellow Submarine and Magical Mystery Tour and Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. It's that kind of Beatles collage animation kind of thing. Sure. I think they have touches of like New Order in this album, you know, like... The kind of like proggy, like heavy synthy, which I mean, not used to hearing that from the Decemberists, but you know, no. I, I mean, I feel like when this album came out, I listened to it and was like, huh, don't, don't really care for that. But when um, Pete said that y'all were looking for another guest host for this episode, I was like, I should listen to that album again. And I actually liked it way more than I thought I was going to like re-listening in the last couple weeks the handful of times that I have. So I would agree that this album is a grower that I would actually say this album is aggressively trying to turn you off the first time you listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Strong words. I mean, for me, like there's a stretch on this. I don't like getting into like impressions, but there's a stretch on this album that is so such a drag that like you have to persevere through it. That's interesting. I wonder, I mean, I kind of feel the same way, but I don't, I don't think we're talking about the same tracks. I have a feeling that we're going to be, we're going to be uh, on different sides of the, this Matt, issue. I already know what your favorite track on this album is going to be. I don't know if you do. 
Mm. We'll see. You do probably know which one I think it is. Um, I have a guess. Um, <laughs> so do we want to give general impressions or are we going to save that for the end? Yeah, we can save that for the end. Let's. Are we ready to dive in? Are there any yeah. any any uh, vocalist or not vocalist? Any oh, musician like lineup kind of stuff. The same. Um, I think that it's pretty much the 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 main band. Um, I don't think there's any notable guests on this. I will say the first track was co-written by Georgia and Ira from Yola Tango. Aw, that's cool. Well, so I guess if we wanted to go ahead and start jumping in the tracks, um, there's something we can talk about when we start talking about that song. That song. Kaylin, what's the first track? The first track on I'll Be Your Girl is Once in My Life. All through once in my, all through once in my life Could just Well, I was going to say there's an episode of Song Exploder where uh, Colin talks about this song. That's really Ooh, good. Uh, I, would, I need but- to listen to that. It's it's really good, but he actually like they didn't co-write the song. He just stole some Yola Tango lyrics. Like oh. I mean, I don't think he stole them. I think he just like he's like, hey, can I use those? Him. Well, that's really weird because there's barely any lyrics in right. this song. Right, I know that's the crazy thing. There's like <laughs> but, ten words in this song, and four of them he took from another song. Which is but, what? Uh, the the part about the river, like lay down in the river. I think. Oh, okay. Mm. The bridge yeah. kind of or the just, yeah. That's the but, end. Yeah. If you listen to the song Splitter, it he, okay. he talks about it. So it's not actually written with them. He just, it's an illusion. Exactly. He, he credited them for their creativity. Which is a thing that like, apparently like a lot of like, I don't know. It's more common than I thought it was where you just like steal lyrics from other people and just like put them in your song. You know, this song is one example, but of this in general, but I feel like this is the most lyrically sparse Decemberists album. Yeah. I would. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but this song for as, Simple as it is, I fucking love. Yeah, me too. This is my favorite song on the album. All right, well, that's fair. Wow. Okay, so Pete was, I I know what Pete's guess was for you because (laughs) we were talking about it. And I do think, Kaylin, this is probably your favorite song on the album. Um, I think if you would have asked me a year ago, yes, it would be my favorite song on the album. We listened to this song a lot when we were in Iceland, so I have, like, very heavy Iceland memories of this song, but I will tell you what my favorite song is when we get to it. Yeah, I actually can't hear this song without thinking about Iceland, because Kalen made a really cool video montage of our Iceland trip, and this song is in that video. So, uh... Nice. Yeah. It's... The simplest fucking song, but it is so good. It's so good. It's so pretty. And it really does set your expectations for the album. Uh, yeah. Because that wall of synth is something totally alien to their back catalog. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you like about this song, Matt? Uh, I, I like the structure. I like the sort of build. And like when the synths kick in, like it's a huge moment. It's so satisfying. Yeah. It's, it's like that... Uh, you know, it's like when people get excited about that uh, Phil Collins song when the drums come in. <laughs> Su Su Studio, is that the one? Yeah, that's about? the one. <laughs> that's not the one. Because they come in at the right at the beginning. It's the I'll, I'll be in your heart. That one. And it's a great. <laughs> it's You'll be in my heart. Come on, <laughs> you ruined it. Uh, Jeez. But like you know, this song in an interview, Colin talked about how you know basically the song has like one lyric. Yeah. And that. Uh, 
he's basically was trying to see like how far he can build a song around a single idea. Um, and about how like the process of writing a book and having someone edit his work really taught him how to be more of a critical editor in his own songwriting. Hmm. He said, looking back at his early songs, he's like, maybe I could have used an editor. Yeah. Because he sort of like, I guess, overwrote some of those songs. You think? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. He just has a lot to say in in a very flowery way sometimes. That's all. Well, because you could compare this song to everything I try to do. Nothing seems to turn out right in terms of... uh, that song. In terms of like the idea. And that song has a lot more lyrics, but I just like this song more. Yeah. I mean, I think he sort of stumbled upon... Uh, a maxim that a lot of pop songwriters have already taken to heart is like less is more, you know, like the, I think that's when you're trying to write, I don't know if, I don't know if he's ever like, you know, Paul McCartney where he's like, let's, let's sit down and write a swimming pool. Like that was, that's sort of a, a famous thing that McCartney would always say to John Lennon, like, let's write the next hit. Let's write something that's going to make us some money. Like, I don't think, I don't think Colin Moyes ever liked that, but I feel like sometimes on these later albums, he definitely is trying to make things that are, are more accessible. Well, and he talked about how, like, in those early albums, he was trying to prove something about who he was as an artist and who the Decemberists were compared to everyone else and, like, trying to be purposefully exclusive. Mm. But that, you know, they built a community that way. But then, like you know, they got bigger, and it was, and he didn't feel the need to be exclusive anymore because he'd already yeah. made that statement, you know, right? Because you could play this song for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not like a, a niche song. This is a pretty. Right. I think any any person, for the most part, could listen to this and be like, "Oh, this is nice. This is lovely." That synth is so good on this. It really is, and uh, I assume it's Kelly. It sounds like Kelly. Hogan on the backing vocals. Like, I just, I love her, her sort of like the chorus echoing Colin's, uh, Colin's line there. I really like synth wave. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Join the club. I listen to a fair <laughs> amount of synth wave playlists. Uh, me, me and you both, buddy. It's, <laughs> it's taking over my life slowly. We gotta, we gotta trade synth playlists. Good pandemic music. Here's the thing though. Like, I don't know the name of a single synth song I listen to because yeah, I just, it's just background. Just, it's perfect. Yeah, I just turn it on. Like, there's so many like mixes out there. You just turn it on, and it's like this is all good. Every yeah. there's one, one specific good. synth band I really like. Which um, one? Carpenter Brute. Check them out. Oh, I've know. heard of them. I haven't heard of them. I think it's more like uh, dark wave. Mm-hmm. Is the the synth wave genre they belong to? Yeah, I like dark wave. Yeah, you've probably listened to some Carpenter Brute without realizing it. I'm sure I have. So what does the synth in this song remind you of? Um, what does it remind me of? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of I, get like, I get a little bit of like, like a John Hughes movie kind of vibe. Oh, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't agree I with don't that. I, I don't know. I think I've listened to enough, like, well, I loved the Brat Pack movies, so I, that's a very like, specific sound, and I, I, don't, I don't think they're the same. Well, and Kaelin, you're really into M83, and they do a, a lot of synth. They do, and I love it. I love it so much. But no, this is, you know, the Decemberists are really good at opening tracks. And, you know, if I was going to say this song reminds me of another song, I would say Crane Wife 3. In that it's a very simple song with an amazing hook. So, not not to 
call them out for having similar musical songs to other artists, but I think this song kind of sounds like Bridges and Balloons, or at least their cover of it. Oh, huh. Wow, it's the I it's listened to that his vocals, so right? I think it's the vocals, but I think it's also the the strumming pattern on the guitar. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. This song apparently started with the riff. It's a it, solid riff. That chord progression is yeah. where he he started. It's great though. Have you guys seen the music video? No. I've never watched the video. Is it good? Uh, it's interesting. So it's it's directed by um, uh, what is her name? She directed uh, Emma, that Emma movie that came out like earlier this year or was supposed to come out oh, earlier this yeah. year. Autumn DeWild, that's her name. So it's directed by Autumn DeWild. It's a great name. Uh, and it, it's just like a, kind of a video of her brother who has like some sort of like um, auditory processing uh, dysfunction or something. Um, but it's just him dancing, you know, kind of dancing around Los Angeles. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. Like it's, it's very much like a sort of a conceptual video as opposed to like a, a story video or something like that. There's a couple of videos in this album that play on the art style of the album, mm-hmm. which is very, it's a totally different kind of look for the band than what they've done yeah. previously. Anyway, so this is this one gets three thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I think we're absolutely. All in yeah, it's a great song. Um, so uh, you know, I would say this first track. In fact, I would say these first three tracks sort of present a thesis for this album. That like this this is a new direction we're trying, right? This whole synth pop thing, and I would say that continues with track two, "Cutting Stone." Dreamed I had a cutting stone Dreamed I held it all my own It cut through wire, wood and bone I'll cut you down my cutting stone And for me, this is another good one. I don't like this song. This is the beginning of the of the lull for me. Oh no! It starts later. It starts a little bit later. Uh, we're, we've we've reached the low point. Okay. You think this is so the worst fast. song on the album? We're gonna stay here for a while. You think this, this is, is the worst? This is the maybe my second least favorite song. That on this is album. crazy. It's I not, like this song. Okay. Not everyone agrees with you. I like the chorus. Um, I like the chorus. I like the verses. I like the bridge. What is the chorus on this song? I I like the imagery. Cutting stone, oh, fear me none. Doesn't it open with that? (laughs) No, it's the dream dying. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. It's a melody, though. Kind of. Um, Actually, I think the lyrics are pretty cool to this song. Uh, what is it about? Do you know? So it's it's this guy who says he has a, a cutting stone. So it's some sort of like sharpened rock or something, right? Um, and then it's basically about how like he used that cutting stone to just like solve all of his problems and just basically killing everything without even really thinking about it. And then the last verse is, There upon the mountaintop I looked down to what I'd wrought, and when I saw my labors through, I cut my cutting stone in two. So like after he realized how much destruction he had caused. And this is apparently a metaphor for American foreign policy. Oh my god. Okay, well, there you go. Right, to where like, you know, he he has a line in an interview about how like, uh, when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Sure. And that's, so this is sort of like, uh, Another take on basically the sixteen military wives idea, but it's 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 another step removed in metaphor. 
Uh, I will say one thing about this song. It's got that really like weird sort of trippy bass line where it's like the bass. It's almost like there's a wah-wah effect on the bass. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely, I, there is something like that. I think. Um, I like this song. It's, it's a, it's a, I like hey, the synth hey, on Pete, it. Pete, do you like this song? Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Are you um, sure synth, you want it, me on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the synth is definitely not as in your face on this album. Or on this song, I mean. Yeah. It's it's more like a traditional kind of like Jenny kind of uh, keyboard line. Like it, it moves a lot. It's got a lot of like ups and downs, like in terms of like doing runs on the keyboard as opposed to just like droney stuff. Yeah. I will say if this was an organ instead of a synth, it would maybe be a better song. Yeah. Didn't you just say you liked the synth? I don't understand. I, I do, but I'm just saying like it's not as like unique of a synth part or at least as as heavy of a synth role i think this is like this could have been on another december's album with an organ part like it i mean this just feels like they're not necessarily like trying something do new they're just they're just putting a different instrument on a you know it's it, like putting a mask on a previous kind of song you know th- thinking about this back to back with terrible or beautiful world this is sort of like a cavalry captain type song it's like a catchy, poppy second track since they hooked Ooh. you with the first one. Catchy, huh? That's an interesting <laughs> take. <laughs> I think this is their. I think this is one of their poppier albums. Yeah, yeah. I would say For I don't this think you're wrong. Frame. I just don't think this is a pop song. It aims. This album aims in general to be more uh, hook heavy. I think than a lot of their albums. Okay. Yeah. So this just didn't work for you guys. No, not not really. Yeah. No, I. Mm-hmm. This and then there's another song later that I was just like, ooh, you know, don't like those. Don't like those. So now that I've told you what this is kind of about, does this make the song better or worse for you? Worse. Way worse. <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> Listen, I, I know you guys shit. are are very hawkish on your feelings on American foreign policy. <laughs> but uh Yeah. I just like I, like, I respect that, that artists do that. I just, like, politics makes me tired, and <laughs> I, I don't understand. I think it's because I don't understand it, and then I don't really care to understand it, and I know that that's a very privileged way to to be. Um, but it's just like, oh my god, just just write a love song. Just write a love song. that I can understand that. I get that. Like, do you guys yeah. think that there's a lot of right-wing fans of the Decemberists? I don't know. Probably not. Um, I don't know. You could I mean, also, though, listen to them without even realizing that he that Colin Malloy is a political songwriter. Yeah, I mean, this might be one of the... If, if the song is really about foreign policy, it might be one of the more political, po- like, at least pointedly political songs yes. in there. Um, I would actually say the next song is maybe the most pointedly political song on the album. Are you talking about track three, Severed? I don't know if you guys knew this, but this song is specifically trying to echo Donald Trump's rhetoric. Oh, really? God, that yeah, makes me this like this ins- song less. This song was inspired by Donald Trump's rhetoric while he was campaigning. Wow. And about how he was trying to divide people, keep, leave you all severed. Huh. 
man, just like this whole album has like a whole like hashtag the resistance kind of vibe to it that really like rubs me the wrong way. Matt, leave it for the QAnon hidden episodes that only the true fans will find. I don't know if this is true because I don't actually have a physical copy of this, but one of the reviews mentioned that this album is dedicated to Robert Mueller. Yeah, that's quite possible. Dude, Colin Malloy is like the the most like classic lefty. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which one was Robert it. Mueller again? I don't remember. He's he the, was the guy leading the uh, the Russia oh, investigation. Right, right, right. So Severed. Yeah, so if Severed is supposed to be like Donald Trump's politics, right? He's actually in the music video. I'm watching really? it as we're as we're talking about Donald it. How is Trump the video? Trump is in the music video? It's it's like a yeah, it's like a uh, um what's his name? Terry Gilliam-esque kind of like okay. animation with pictures and stuff there's a caricature of trump in it okay that makes more sense yeah so donald trump was born to a jackal gonna smother you all till i choke you out gonna smother you all till you kick out yeah you know what i really liked that line in this song you still can't. It's it's a criticism. It's not a pro Donald Trump song. No, I understand that, but I just I don't want to like anything having to do with him in any capacity. Like, ugh. What do you guys think of the sound of this song? I love it. it yeah, it's good. I like the like doon 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 and I like when it kind of like explodes when you hit the bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the bridge or if it's the chorus. or like the pre-chorus or whatever. Yeah, I I I love the structure of it. It's also maybe the first December's track to use heavy vocal uh, calls. No, no, like vocal distortion for Colin. Mm. Yeah. Which this album does quite a few times, but I don't think they've ever really done before. Yeah, I guess not. I can't think of when they would have. Because he's got that kind of like echoey kind of um, distortion on this. Yeah, they put a little reverb on it. But this is like a, this is like a, a dance party song. Which they don't really have any other like dance party songs. Mm-mm. And it, it kind of reminds me of Franz Ferdinand in that. Sure. Like, because it's got that sort of like really reverby, like baritone guitar bass line, which is like you yeah, know, it's, it's like a out-y. it's like a Strokes or a Killers song. Okay, yeah. Let's I, I, let's I name some other bands from that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's I like mean, the Libertines. It's kind it's of like, like uh, the Killers, I guess. I don't know. So if we take these first three tracks as a package, they present a statement from the band, in my mind. What is that statement, Pete? Yeah, tell, that statement he's is, tell us anyway. we are doing a retro psychedelic synth album. About politics. Sure. Mm. About our modern anxieties. Mm. And I think those three songs together present this idea of this album, we're going to do something new and different and interesting. And then they just fucking drop it. I think the statement that I get from the first three tracks is we're going to like have like 40% good <laughs> tracks on this album. <laughs> that's that's but you the see, statement. But don't you think like if, if these three tracks were continued in style throughout the album, it would be a sort of concept album, not in theme, but in like style. Uh, yeah. Kind of like when Kanye put out the auto-tune album. Right, sure. where you like you take a new kind of sound and you just run with it for a whole album. Right, but they give up on that song immediately. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. They like go back for one more song later. Right, and I, I was when I first listened to the album, 
when these three tracks came up in a row, I was like into it. Hmm. And I might not have made it to the end of the album because of what comes next. <laughs> oh boy. Because <laughs> to me, the next couple of songs in a row are like a challenge to you as the listener. Yeah. To see how much do you really love this band? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the Decembers in general are pretty good at front loading albums. Sure, yeah. Because, Matt, you had the idea that Terrible or Beautiful World, that those first four tracks are hit, 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 hit. Yeah, that's my opinion. All gas, no brakes. Yeah, and if we think like... This one is like me when I first learned to drive when I had a foot on both pedals. (laughs) This is like when you were trying to teach me how to drive stick. Yeah, just like gas and then just stop. just And then just park it. Park it for like four or five tracks. Maybe even put it in reverse. I don't know. I, who knows? Let's try it. Try yeah. it. See what happens. So, so uh, Kaylin, do you have the track list? What's track four? I do. Track four is Star Watcha. Star Watcha. I have to say, as soon as that first vocal hits, I want to click skip. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listening to this album for this episode was... Do you have a tough time? It was a challenge. Because, like, I I gave this album a fair shake whenever it came out. Like, it wasn't like I wasn't trying, but, like... I have I have pretty much made up my mind about most of these songs. And And nothing is going to change that. This is the first one on the album that loses me. And it's really, I've never found Colin's vocals annoying until this song. I, I don't know if, I don't think I've ever found his vocals annoying, but when I first started listening to The Summers in high school, my mom and my sister hated him. Like, my mom was like, what country is he from? No one from America sounds like that. Like, she, she did not understand. Uh, and she really, really disliked the sound of his voice. And I... I didn't, never really had any complaints about it. Um, I hate this song. Like, <laughs> I like that it has I banjo really in it. I really dislike it a lot. I don't know if I've listened to it all the way through to hear the banjo in it. Like, I, I don't know if I've made it all the way through, honestly. At least it's short. That's one thing I'll it say for it. It is short. It has that uh, going for yeah. it. Um, but it does this weird, like, kind of like stompy instrumental in the, I, do I guess like we'll that. call it a chorus. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I don't know. It's like a, means, <laughs> a war song. Yeah, it's like Matt's favorite Decemberist track, When the War Came. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate that yeah, song. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that song and, it's, and how much it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, this album has a lot of wordless choruses, and here we've got one. I would, I would love a la-da-da in exchange for <laughs> this nonsense. La-da-da. La-da-dee-da-dee-da. Um, you want that? Yeah. So when I, when I was listening to this album, you know, initially, I just assumed this is like from a book. This is like a, a, a reference to something I just wasn't familiar with. But mm-hmm. do you know anything about what this song is about, Pete? Uh, it's kind of about people like watching what's going on and planning the political revolution. Oh, my God. Fuck this album. <laughs> Has- hashtag Drumpf. Am I right, guys? <laughs> There are figures on the shore at the laundromat. They're whispering of war. There's a lady on the stair, all a shambling with thistles in her hair, singing, hold, hold, 
hold your ground. So it's the time to hold your ground. This is a call to revolution, Matt. Mm. I think what happened was, like, because the Decembers were around in, in what, 2006, 2000, I don't remember, 2008? They were, they, were, they were around for the Bush administration. And, like, yeah. I think a lot of people in the artistic like in the artistic communities, like felt that they really had something to do with Obama getting elected. And I think they took it as like a, I think they took, they took uh, Trump's election harder than most people. Cause I feel like they thought that they had won. Uh, I and I, I think that's what this album is. It's so just it, like in interview. Colin <laughs> talked about how he doesn't feel that his voice is necessarily that important to people's political frustrations, but he just wanted to add to the chorus. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, he did, That's, I guess. He, yeah. That is something. <laughs> wow. Matt, just because you're not woke doesn't mean that you have the right to criticize the politics of this the, album. The thing is, like, I feel like he used to be a little bit, like, less... Uh, Matt, you love 16 Military Wise, which is a more right. in-your-face, I-am-political kind of song. The thing is, like, he he joked himself about how, like, that song wasn't as political as people thought it was. Like, and it's it's not, like, it's not some sort of, like, grand statement or indictment of, of I mean, it's just generally kind of anti-war, but, like, very it's few people are pro-war. That song's anti-America. I don't think it's anti-American. We could use some of that, though. Because America kind of sucks, so yeah. I mean, you're talking to Alpha Patriot Matt Esner here, Kim. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry, that's AP. You don't listen to his other podcast, The Truth Zone. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Where funny. facts don't care about your feelings. That is the second time you've said that today. Stop. Come up with <laughs> something we talk- different. Because we were talking about Ben Shapiro. Come well, up with something different, he's please. My, he's the guest on Truth Zone this week. So. <laughs> yeah, great. That's a good get. Well, uh, did you guys see that, like, Trump... Someone asked Trump about QAnon, and he was like, oh, it sounds like they love America. Yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the oh thing. Oh, my like, God. There is a song on this album that I think actually characterizes our current political reality, which we'll get to. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about, and it is a... Uh, I, almost, uh, I know that Bop is the right song, but what almost came out of my mouth was, and it's a boner. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know why. Because oh this is twenty. You're looking for the word banger. Banger. No, people say bop. They'll, they'll people say people bop. Say you guys, I've made a new Fuck mix, you. and every track is a boner. <laughs> I think we should start using that. Like it's about time. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh. <laughs> Number one boner jams of twenty twenty. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh man. Pete's doing his his tired laugh. He definitely is doing his tired laugh. (laughs) Matt, what do you think? Star Watcher, is it a boner? (laughs) I think it's a it's a pretty big boner. It's a pretty big boner track for me. For me it flops. (laughs) Okay. Here's a question. Do we even want to talk about track five? God. Uh, uh, track five is called Tripping Along and it's nothing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, how much time do we want to spend talking about tripping along? I, I think Matt doesn't want to talk about it at all, which I'm okay with, uh, personally. <laughs> so for me, we started with Once in My Life and we are 
four <laughs> songs in a row that are pretty bleak. Like just like this is a slog to get through at this point. Like tripping along is just <laughs> Oh my god. There's just This it's the lake song of this album. Yeah. I think this might be the least essential December song. I think this might beat out Cocoon. Oh, I like Cocoon, but but I understand why you're saying that. There's some la di da's in here, Matt. Yeah. I do like the line, uh, what messes are we? I like that sure. a lot. But I'm into that. But really, um, yeah, the, the majority of the song is just not good. Or it's just not enjoyable. I just don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. And what I mean, what's not good is that it comes right after Star Watch. Right? Yeah, you're already like coming off a pretty, pretty rough uh, track, and then you're going right into this. So this is where I say this this album is an endurance challenge. It is right? because For, like yeah, the middle. If you can make it through Star Watch, you're like okay. That, I mean, at least it was it's short. Got to get better. <laughs> and they it's hit you with better. this, and you're like, oh my god! Like, what are they? What are they doing? And they're like, well, I'll give it one more track. <laughs> You know what though? I I'm actually listening to this song right now and it's not I don't know. I, I It guess, feels like they're trying to put you to sleep with this track. Yeah, it's kind of a lullaby. It kind of has like the chord progression of a lullaby. Yeah. A little bit. So that's a good point. I, I will say this, like, if it's just on in the background, like if I'm not if I'm passively listening to it, it's mm-hmm. fine. Yes. Like cause I've you know, doing some show prep, I had the album on in the background and this song came on and it wasn't it wasn't, you know. It's not offensive. Unpleasant. It's just boring. Yeah. yeah. But like when I was doing active listening for this, just to come up with things to say about these songs, it's just like, what, why, why is this song here? When they do this like lyrical stutter in the song, which I don't, I don't know what these going for with it, but it doesn't super work for me personally. Pete, what, what political agenda is this song about? Fuck. I think maybe he's trying to emulate Donald Trump's speech patterns. It's probably about Kofafe, right? Kofafe, Kofi yeah. That's <laughs> we we got him. Yeah. We got him. Uh, now here here's I, I have a lot of thoughts about the next track. Do you? Are you, you ready to jump ahead? Are you sure we don't have? Uh, do you guys want to keep talking about, about tripping along? Tripping along. I was actually thinking about just doing the next episode on this song. Because I feel like it's just it's such a rich, deep vein. This one? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> tripping along. Anyway, uh, let's talk about your ghost. <laughs> Along the old seawall Inside the banquet hall Below the side Now here's the thing. Your ghost, I think, in its DNA has the makings of a boner. <laughs> oh my right? god, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but like i think they this song they had a really good idea with it right this is our slight return to the synth sound um and it's got this really like driving kind of momentum to it but it's kind of like all they had was the idea and forgot to write a song huh is this the one that you thought was going to be my favorite no because this is probably like my third favorite track on the album. What? I really like this song. I like this song. I like it except for the na na nas are obnoxious. Oh, I, I love, love the that na-na-nas. part. Yeah, oh. it's my favorite part of the it's song. It's so fun. <laughs> no. It's so yeah. fun to sing along no. to. It's I like Kelly the lyrics and what's her name really tearing it up. This the That's lyrics are just about like being confronting your own mortality. 
Yeah. Yeah. Something about a seawall and being a ghost and na 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 na. That's all you need. This is a return to ghosts and nautical themes. So like, yeah, it's all you need for a December song, and it's got some cool like, like synth harpsichord. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this is about people who are afraid of death. Okay. You know, it's like when you take your rest, my weight upon your breast, and should you close your eyes, I'll still materialize. And then the last verse is, and at your final end, when you are free again, no longer long to be, you will belong to me. So it's just about like how you spend your whole life worrying about death and then you die and you're dead. Yeah. Good stuff. I like, it's yeah, good. it's an upper for sure. But then it's got this obnoxious na-na chorus, which just won't stop. But how it's good. It I like it. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little ghost. It's a little ghosty yeah. going like, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's a very short track. Yep, short and sweet. Yeah, I think this whole album is only like 43 minutes or something. It's a, it is, yeah, it's a short they definitely, album. I think they they got some notes, so they yeah. got some feedback. <laughs> it's got like no <laughs> lyrics in it on their previous album. And I think they may they might have like gone to the future, or heard our podcast about their previous episode or their previous record like yeah maybe we should cut things back mm-hmm. so for me i like the idea of this song but don't care for the execution okay well sure this is, i mean this isn't like a radio cut like this isn't something you're gonna like you know i don't know put out as a single but as far as an album track goes it's a good one i like it total boner total boner live for those so good uh so in my opinion this next track, I think, could have been the single from the album. Agreed. Yes, agreed as well. Track seven is Everything is Awful. Everything, 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 everything. And this song is, is great. It it's is great. As hell. It is so good. It is the theme song for 2020. Um, <laughs> it is the theme song for Trump existing yeah. at all, especially as our president. Um, so that this song makes sense to me if, you know, he was inspired, if they were inspired by writing this album with the political climate. This fucking makes sense. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it is so... <laughs> catchy when i re-listened to this album last week or the week before to like prepare for this i think i probably kept repeating this song i probably listened to it seven or eight times in a row didn't get sick of it so good what's funny the pop song that this song reminds me of the most is all you need is love oh no no but like it's this sort of like very like grand simple song but like this song is like something that the Simbers used to do a lot which is make really like catchy upbeat poppy twee songs with like morbid lyrics yeah it's got a line that i absolutely love which i know you've worked so hard to hoist your own petard <laughs> mm, yeah uh, but yeah this very much is that we're living in hell world trump's america kind of feeling yeah yeah i think this is what they opened uh the the one we saw them on this tour, I think this is what they opened the show. This with. was the opening song. It's it's a good opener. It's a yeah, very it good opener. I also love the outro with yes. the la la laws and <laughs> would you kindly keep it down? I'm just trying to get some sleep. Yeah, this, person, this just like curmudgeon-y. It's perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect. It's 
it is this might be like a perfect pop song for 2020 yeah like if i was just flipping through radio stations i don't ever do that but if i was and i heard this and had never listened to this Emberist, i would keep it on the station it's very well good. and to me this is the song this is the song where you're rewarded for your patience for getting through <laughs> the the you know middle slag of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, for me, your your ghost cl- helps you climb up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then yeah, we're, <laughs> now we're back on track. Yeah, I say your ghost at least makes you start paying attention again. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. like oh okay, something's happening. Yeah, for Pete, it's the you know. It's the ghosty sounds. He he didn't like that. Ugh, he, right. His ears perked up because he was just like, "What is this shit?" But mm. but we enjoyed it. So yeah. But the lyrics in this are are kind of funny in like a way that Colin used to be very funny and clever with his lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. This kind of reminds me almost of like a "They Might Be Giants" song. I could see that. It's almost a little bit too like direct and and forthright for a "They Might Be Giants" song. But <laughs> well, I would say mm. this song. And a couple others on this makes me feel like some of the songs in this album almost could be in Broadway musicals. Hmm. Huh. Like, yeah. this song would fit in a Broadway musical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's broad. It's got a lot of, like, it's very, like, relatable. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a character or it's someone just saying what is happening or what they feel. Right, and how they feel. It's very right. musical, stage musical in that way. It's very exposition-y. Yeah. It also ends on what I think is a flat note, which is really interesting. Yeah. Like the final notes that are hit are just kind of like um oh, what's the word? Like um ominous. Like they're a little hmm. ominous, which is weird and interesting and I didn't I didn't really make that connection until earlier today, I think when I was listening to it. But yeah. Love it. Love the song. I'm on board. Well, thank God. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was going to say. What? I mean, you but this might song as well say is it. a banger. Mm. It is mm. a banger. Now, the next track is the one I thought would be Matt Esner's favorite. It's a good one. I like it. Track eight is A Sucker's Prayer. Uh, this song didn't really work for me until we saw them live. Oh, really? And it, it it was really good live. I love this song. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. This is the country song on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're sort of King is Dead song. Mm. I think what I like about this song is that it it is it seems like it is intentionally slow. Like, it could have easily been, like, more of a rock song. But they just like scaled it to a, a slow tempo that makes you just kind of feel that chorus and kind of feel what the song is about. Yeah. It is sort of like everything I try to do, or sorry, it's like once in my life where it's just like somebody whining. I don't I don't think it's whiny. Like I mean, I guess yeah, it is whiny, but it's it's like a fun kind of whiny, you know? It's a country kind. It's yeah. a country kind of whiny. And like everyone I don't know, I feel like most people have been in this kind of situation where it's just like, oh, I want, like, what do I do to make this person, like, see me and love me? And I don't know. It yeah. it, it makes sense. Like, the, the whininess of it makes sense for what the subject of the song is. This kind of reminds me of, like, an early Hold Steady or early My Morning Jacket sort of, like, a country southern rock song. 
My Morning Jacket. I don't, I don't hmm. hear that. But Their early okay. albums are a little bit more southern rock country. Hmm. But the piano is, I think, what reminds me of Hold Steady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could kind of see that, I guess. So, Matt, I thought this would be your favorite because you tend to like the country western style songs. And I, I do like the song, but yeah, I mean, it's there's just other tracks on here I like better. How does this stack up to All Arise? Oh, come on now. There's no competition. <laughs> I mean, to me, this is one of the stronger songs on the album. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a complete idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, what's it doing on this album? I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like it, it can, it's tied in. Like, I feel like the song is more tied into the album than Star Watcher. Eh, Star Watcher is at least uh, political in a way that annoys Matt. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, like I think that that's one thing. First, listening to this album is this song threw me off because it doesn't feel like it belongs with these other songs. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I think we sort of got spoiled in the middle of their in the middle of their catalog where they yes. was they were a little bit more cohesive and you know. And the whole album albums. told a story. Like it. Right. Yeah, I agree. I guess this song actually, if anything else, reminds me of the previous album. Okay. Like, I think this could be on Terrible or Beautiful World. Sure, yeah. Kaylin, you got track nine here? Track nine, We All Die Young. It was late one night, I was counting out my stitches, laying by the side of the they kind of lose me again with this song. Oh, I like uh, this song. I like this song. Yeah. Matt, I'm this glad song... you and I are on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are is... in sync with this yeah, album. Yeah, we're in sync with this album. This song reminds me of like a Beatles song. Like a throwaway sure. track off White Album or Sgt. Pepper. I don't know if there um... are throwaway tracks on the White Album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. Piggies? You think Piggies is, is a boner? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Piggy's huge boner for me. Huge boner for me. <laughs> no, this, I feel like this could, I feel like what you were saying earlier, Pete, about like songs being in a Broadway show, I feel like yes. this this could absolutely mm-hmm. be in a Broadway show. This and is the other one. S- and for some reason, I'm thinking Les Mis, which makes sense. <laughs> uh, it would be a funny remix to, to add this to the Les Mis repertoire. Uh, it's definitely lyrically bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's got a children's choir singing We All Die Young. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot. There's a lot happening in this song. There is. Yes. A lot of it's nonsense. But yeah. I, I love the fact that he he talks about Bill to come to Sherman. Yeah. So it's, a, it's about someone who has a dream, right? It says, and in this dream, Bill to come to Sherman glowered at the foot of my bed. He was long and lean. He spoke perfect German. And I recorded all that he said. And he said, We All Die Young. Yeah. Who is that? Who's Bill Tecumseh Sherman? Uh, William Tecumseh Sherman was, uh, he's one of the, like, more important generals of the Civil War. He was the, Ah. uh, he was kind of, he was kind of Grant's right-hand man. They didn't really, like, campaign together much, but. And it doesn't make sense that he's speaking German. (laughs) I don't think he spoke German. Yeah, I mean, the lyrics are weird, right? It's about this person with this, these, like, kind of uh, surreal kind of 
yeah. observations. It's it's a silly song, but I, it is, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of dig it. What do you guys think of the saxophone solo, though? Do you want to talk about the saxophone solo? <laughs> See, that's why this, to me, this is one of those like weird Beatles experimental psychedelia songs. It yeah. also is another okay. song with heavy vocal distortion. Yeah, like he's shouting into a megaphone in the microphone yeah. with like weird proggy shit over it. Yeah, I think there's just yeah. too many ideas in this song. Hmm. For me. Yeah. All right. I still Maybe like just, it. You're not you're not like galaxy brained enough to handle Maybe. it all. I think But I think this it. and everything is awful could be in the same Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, kind of This got a sort of sing along like nihilistic chorus that mm-hmm. I think it is scratching a similar itch to everything is awful. Uh but I don't know. I I dig this song. I think this album in general though has a lot of repetitive choruses that go on for a little bit too long. It does seem like they that's it's got to be deliberate though, right? Like I I think there's there's a it seems like there's an effort to be more sing-alongable maybe. Maybe it's sing-along their, songs for the revolution. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. more of an effort to be a pop album, I think. Yeah, maybe. Except for the next track, which I predict I'm the only person who likes. Track 10, Rusaka Rusaka slash Wild Rushes. So until I was doing the re-listen, I would say you would have been the only person. I don't know. I don't know how Caitlin feels about it, but I certainly didn't like it. I didn't like the song. It was, it was one I skipped. Yes. I. Uh, so when I re-listened to this... I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You should finish No, no, go thought. for it. Um, I spent like four or five hours out in like gardening in our backyard and I listened to this album I think like three times in a row and each time I was like well this is slow as fuck after we all die young this is not at all what I need to listen to to pull these freaking weeds out of the ground and I skipped it however I just listened to it like two hours ago and I kind of like it now I like the wild rushes part a lot like the Rusalka Rusalka is whatever but like whenever it whenever it speeds up Mm -hmm. that's when it it gets me I think it's great, and it's the first time they've done this kind of song since Hazards of Love. Yeah, and I think it's. I think that the Wild Rushes, especially, is reminiscent of Hazards of Love. Sure. In that sort of like British folk slash kind of like prog sort of thing, it's cool. It's a story song. It's a multi-part song. Uh, Matt, did you look up what a Rusalka is? Uh, well, not specifically, but I, I. read a decent number of reviews where they talked about sex mermaids. Yeah, so a Rusalka <laughs> is basically a, a Polish siren. Okay. So a sex mermaid. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, sea lady who lures men to drown to their deaths. Um, and both songs are about someone being lured to their drowning death. Which, like, this is the most old school Decemberist song on the album. Both in style and in lyrics. Did you guys ever see the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Where no. they just sort of casually reveal that like any woman could be a mermaid. What? And really? like no one is like, nah, this is this is a life and world changing event. They just sort of like take it as red and they're like, what? Yeah, that's fine. I wanna know more about that. I, yeah, I so don't. can can I be a mermaid? Guys you you, you, well, you might be as I far be? as we know. Okay. Oh like like when, there's like sleeper mermaids? How well, no, I it's know? just like, it. I mean, you would know, Caitlin. Oh, but I would know, but no one else. Pete would know. and I would not know. Okay. Because in that movie, like a mermaid just like looks like a woman and can change into a mermaid, 
and and does hmm. and like no one is like this is a big deal <laughs> they just take it it's normal that's just life yeah because in the world of pirates of the caribbean like people are are superstitious mm. but like there's not like a lot of proof i mean right. there's ghost pirates that everyone like thinks exists but they you know there's not a lot of survivors from the ghost pirate attacks right. to like tell to the tale to corroborate that but all of these pirates see a mermaid and they're just like that's i guess that's real hmm. so this song starts with that rusaka rusaka which is definitely the slower part sort of low and meandering and then moves into that more sort of like up tempo lush you know to me this reminds me of uh odalisk hmm. a little bit and then kind of like the crane wife hmm. one and two yeah. where you've got your slow part and then you're like grand i that is kind of like the same idea yeah you're just kind of swept up into it there's i think some harp in that second part oh um, but I, I would say it just kind of ends. I think that actually this could use a third part. Yeah. Because I think that Wild Rushes just kind of ends feeling like like it didn't really, you know, come to a full conclusion. But it's cool. I like the lyrics. Um, the Wild Rushes has a lot of stuff about being drawn into the water by this Rusalka. Am I the only person who actually read the lyrics to the song? I think so. I, I, I did not read the lyrics, no. Okay. Aren't you the fine. historian? Doesn't that make sense that that's your yeah, job? Yeah, that's kind of your job. Yeah, come on, dude. Get it. I'm, I'm the guest. I shouldn't have to do anything except just share my opinion. So for me, this, this song's a highlight just because it reminds me and gives me hope of an era of the Decemberists that I would like them to return to. I agree that I want them to return to this. Yeah. This isn't my favorite like version of this type of song that they do. But I, I, I want this in my Decemberists, you know? Yeah. You used to get at least one thing like this every album, right? This is an eight minute song. They haven't done a song this long in a, in a while. Yeah. In fact, there's probably not even any eight minute songs on hazards. So it's probably been since crane wife that they've done a song like this. Wasn't Lake song like an hour and a half. Oh God, that's fair. <laughs> That is fair. I feel like there's some long songs on Hazards. Uh, Hazards is actually pretty short. It's just because they all flow together. Yeah, they they chop them up. I think. I mean, this is really two songs. Right. And it's is it secretly like a metaphor for I don't know Russian interference in the election or something? Yeah, it's uh, this is Kellyanne Conway as a Rusalka. Okay. Uh, (laughs) No, this is this is strictly old school Decemberists. Story song, mythical creatures, sailors, death. There's a yeah. six and a half minute song on hazards. Just okay. FYI. It's not, thanks I for, know. It's not the Thanks same. for fact checking that. Hey, that's my job. It's not. Um, so then, if this is the grand song, in December's fashion, they sneak in an extra track. A random one, but a real good one. The title track, I'll Be Your Girl. When the summer days lift aboard you And the river lies long before you And the one that you love ignores you I'll be your girl And it is delightful. It's a nice little song. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good little folk song. Well, I would say my only complaint is that, like, I don't think... Rusalka Wild Rushes is a good enough like showstopper 
Like when I get to I'll be your girl, I'm like, oh, the album's over, but we haven't had like the good, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Crane Wife 3 or Sons and Daughter. Or, you know, like we haven't like a big, but like. We haven't had a song like that for a while. Yeah. I'm just saying like I'll be your girl is good, but the song that's before it isn't good enough for the album to be over already. So, I, you know, Colin is being intentional by making this song I'll be your girl. You know, he's kind of playing with the idea of, of gender a little bit, I think. Um, he actually said in an interview that this song is a little bit of a play on people moving past the idea of gender, which is something that he likes. So go on and roll your eyes, Matt. I'm not, not no eye rolling on my end. <laughs> um, yeah, are you projecting like, a little bit, Pete? There's Jesus. a lot of rock songs tend to be very machismo. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of songs about, uh, uh, you know, Leonard Cohen has a song called I'm Your Man. And, or, you know, it's like, I'm a man. And the song is like, I could be your man, but I'm better than that. I'm your girl. Hmm. You know, a, a fun, fun kind of experiment to do is like, think of how many, think of how many like rock songs or pop songs have a woman's name as the title. And then try to think of any that have a man's name as the title. Like zero. I think there's maybe zero. Meet James Inzer. Yeah. Yeah. That's that one tore up the charts. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Opie Giant song. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, but like, you know, here's a, one I really like, uh, a, a line I really like from this, which is, do-do-do-do-do, he says, so if you're ever feeling less your time due, like someone bereft and lied to you, and never need a guy to guide you, I'll be your girl. And then he also says here, uh, I could be your man, but I'd be that much more and more. So basically like I could be your man, but like, I'm better than that. I'm your girl. This idea that like feminine, like feminine qualities are like actually more helpful oh, when you need somebody wow. than masculine qualities. Do you, do you think that that's true? Because it is true. I don't know if yeah. you know that, but I'm just saying. Right. So you're yeah. with Colin on this, Kaylin. A hundred percent. I'm with Colin on this. Yes. hundred Cause like people are always telling guys to like man up. And this is sort of his, like, opposite of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Colin Malloy is a feminist. He's definitely a capital F feminist. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this isn't a political song per se, but I would say that it is a, uh, a you know, it's, it's engaging with modern social commentary. Sure, yeah. And it's a good, it's a good album closer. It is. It's, it's a it's, sweet song. I is. just wish the album it was closing was better. Mm, well, fair. so for me, I think that half the tracks on this are good to really good. Let me do a, some math real quick. <laughs> <laughs> for me, there's only four songs that completely fall flat. I, I mean, I guess it's it's right at 50% bad. Like, the songs that are bad on this album are all bad. Like, that's not like... They're like some of their worst. Yeah. Like everything on all, all the tracks on the song, I don't like that. I that I don't like. I really dislike. Like I don't want to listen to them. Whereas like tracks on other albums that, you know, I don't like. I'll still listen to them. Like and I'll still like if if even if I'm like, not listening to that whole album, I'll listen to them. But there's two or three songs I would put on a greatest hits mix. Yeah, for sure. I think there. Yeah, there might be three I would put on a greatest hits mix for this one. Definitely two, two for sure, and one that's that's a runner up. Sure. Kaylin, what do you think of this album as a whole now that we've gone through it? Um, well, I, I was surprised by how much I liked it on the re-listen a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I knew I loved Once in My Life. I knew I liked Severed. Everything is awful. I don't think I ever... Either I never made it all the way through this album, or uh, I just forgot what a fantastic song that is. Sucker's Prayer. So yeah, I think I'm with Matt on this. Like, it's about... Maybe it's like 65% really good in my eyes, and then the remaining 35 is just like, eh, you know, take it or leave it. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be sad if I never heard star watcher or tripping along again in my life i would not feel <laughs> and they're like back less to of a back. person yeah, yeah they should have spread that shit out yeah they really should have the sequencing was just brutal mm-hmm. but it, honestly, the whole I don't thing know if feels mixed a, up like i don't know if there's a way you could sequence this to make up for that that's a good point it feels like of, it feels like you're listening to it on shuffle on the first listen and it just like doesn't make any sense yeah if they'd thrown one more track on that was really great I think that we'd be looking at the whole album a little bit differently. Yeah, I agree. Because there was a twelfth track that was killer, right? I think it depends. Then that would tip the balance to like mostly good. Yeah, Uh, but you know, someone uh, had some opinions about this album. Pitchfork. Uh, It's time for. Does Pitchfork still like the Decemberists? I'm betting they gave this best new music. I'm a. I'm gonna give that segue best new segue. <laughs> Getting into this segment was really. There's no the way smoothest. they gave this best new music. No, it did not get best new music. Pete, you're you're quite right. Now, if I'm thinking back, they really didn't like Terrible World, Beautiful World. You are correct. That got like a five eight. Uh, it got a five six, I believe. And I think it would be tough for them to find this album better. So I'm going to guess that Pitchfork gave this album a 5-4. Uh, okay. Kaylin, do you have a guess? Oh, I would guess 4-7. A 4-7. Pitchfork is bitchy. They are pretty bitchy. Yeah. I guess, fortunately for the Decemberists, you guys are both wrong. That's uh, good. They actually liked it better than What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful really? World. Interesting. Uh, wow. I think it's the same reviewer, too. Uh, it's it's the same one for that did... Same reviewer that did uh, their floor songs for sure. Yeah, it's, so it's, what, it's what the guy did floor songs. Anyway, uh, yeah, so six point one is what he gave the album. It's still not a good review. Well, not a great it's review. Than no, we thought it was. So, but, yeah. well, so here's what I would say about this album compared to Terrible or Beautiful World is that this album seems more ambitious than Terrible or Beautiful World. It's definitely like a step in a direction that the December's hadn't gone into before. Terrible World, Beautiful World feels like they're trying to look back and pick things from their catalog to redo, whereas mm. this feels like they're actually trying something new. Yeah. Is the review mostly, that the written review itself mostly negative? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, so actually, Do they shit on Hazards of Love? Uh, briefly. I mean, like it's, it's a subtle, it's, it's not even like a full shit. Like, it's just like maybe... They fart at it. Yeah. <laughs> Use a toilet that's only... Just for farts. farts. Just for farts. Oh, God. Matt, have you watched that? <laughs> have you guys talked about this, or is Pete just chuckling to himself? No, no, it's it's something that we both talk okay. about on this spot. Okay. Like, we used, okay. to be, we used to be like a Parks and Rec podcast, but now we're basically a... And I think you should leave. I think you should leave podcast. Oh, man. Did you have fun with AJ talking about that? Did that come up at all? Barely. Just a little bit. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a shame that you guys didn't touch on that more yeah. with him. Well, I feel like that's really what the people are coming to this show for, is right. to hear us talk about it. I think <laughs> Maybe instead of having Colin on this show, we need to have Tim Robinson on this show. Hey. Call him up. Give him a call. Do you think he likes the Decemberists? 
I don't know. He should bring Sam Richardson though. I absolutely. I I would I would you know what? I wouldn't let that sit in my queue, you know. I I would I would listen to that immediately. Uh have you guys watched started watching the the new Netflix show Hoops? No, no, is it good? No, but Sam Richardson's in it. And, uh, Matt, how about you like tell us a line from that Pitchfork review? It's squandering <laughs> Sam Richardson, which is, I think, I feel like we as a country is just, we do too much. We squander Sam Richardson. Yeah. He's one of the greatest comedic talents out there. He is a joy. He is and a joy and a treasure. He's just not, he's not in enough stuff. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why he's not like leading Famous? projects right now. Like That's he should be, question. he should be carrying shows because he does. Everything he's in, he carries. Hey Matt, what what did Pitchfork think of? I want to hear more this about album. Sam Richardson. Sorry. So here's what Pitchfork said: Plenty of December's fans have aged into parenthood, and it's really not hard to imagine a future where, like they might be giants, another favorite of the wait, wait, don't tell me set, they begin recording <laughs> kids' albums. Judging from "I'll Be Your Girl," they'll probably be great at it. But the fact that they've basically sandwiched a couple of kids' tunes into the same album as a suite about a killer sex mermaid only highlights how confused and directionless this band is right now. That's totally fair. So I guess where I call it Broadway, they call it kids' songs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I actually think where they go next is going to make a Broadway musical. I think they should make a kids' bop album. That's just kids singing December songs. Yeah, I think that should be their next I, You project. know what? They're already partway there. They have children's choruses and on multiple albums. Yeah. So, I, you know, they're, they're on their way. That makes yeah. sense. Well, that has been I'll Be Your Girl. Uh, yeah. It's an album that needs more boners. It's <laughs> deficient. It's definitely boner deficient. <laughs> It is, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would agree that it's dysfunctional, even. Oh my god. Um, well, Kaylin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having to talk me, about gang. this album. Yeah. Preach, um, preach. Yeah, you're probably um, our last guest. Aww. For a while, yeah. Aww. At least of the main season one. Right. Up. I'm sorry. Are you how? How is there more than one season of We Both Podcast together? You've literally covered everything. I I mean, yeah, I'm waiting for that that special ghost album drop. So Well, there is still an EP that Matt and I have to talk about that none of us have ever listened to. Yeah, so next week we'll be talking about Traveling On, which is the last uh, chronological release from the band. Um, So that'll be be next week. And uh, it's going to be an exciting experience for the both of us, I'm sure. Because we've never listened to it. It's all new. I mean, Flora Songs was was pretty much the same way, and it. Yeah, hopefully it's more exciting than Flora Songs. I'm hoping it's just five more Star Watchers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you gonna do the send off? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um. So this has been we both podcast together, and until next time, I'll be your girl. Boom! That is just the longest ever one we've done yet. That's so good. You just said the title of the album. What? Title of the album, the <laughs> lyric from the song. He covered all it's, the bases. Yeah. Till next time, I'll be waiting all my life. Mm. Till next time, everything is awful. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> yeah. No. That's just an act. that's just me telling the truth right there. Yeah. That's right. that's very good. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
Now you're going to have to bleep so many things in this stuff. No, I think that needs to be your fucking intro to this episode. <laughs> the cold open is just every time we say the word boner. Boner, 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 boner! <laughs> mm-hmm.